We celebrate you. Welcome to Lofty Heights Christian Center, a ministry that exists to raise kingdom influencers. As a church, we emphasize three things, the word, the integrity of it, and its ability to transform, the Holy Spirit, his power and demonstration of the same, and love, love for God, for yourself, and for others. You are about to experience God's undiluted word from God's servant. Get ready for a transformation. Offense proof. The writer says, guard in your heart against offenses and healing from hurts. And without a doubt, if you worship here, you know that last week Sunday, we did start a new series. And that series is titled, Love Led Life. So last week Sunday, I brought us the very first part of the teaching where we explored what love is and one of the things we were able to establish last week was the fact that love is first a person before an action love is not just a word love is not just an action but love is indeed god bible speaking in the book of first john says he who does not love does not know god he says because god is love and I did also explain to us in the teaching last week Sunday that it requires the help of the Holy Spirit for us to be able to love. There is no man born of woman who can on his own volition or our own volition be able to love. Man born of woman lacks the capacity to love by way of natural birth. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. A supernatural birth would have to take place. Then the presence of the Holy Spirit would have to fill the life of that man before a man is capacitated to truly being able to love. And we saw this in Paul's letter, Apostle Paul's letter to the church in Rome. Romans chapter number 5 from verse number 5. He says, the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by what? By who? By the Holy Spirit that was given to us. The love of the Father has been shared abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit that was given to us. So it is the Spirit of God that enables man to be able to love. It is the Holy Spirit that capacitates man to be able to love. Without the help of the Spirit, man cannot love. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. So this morning yet again, we won't take a look at offense. I truly feel that a teaching around uh, uh, um, love is not complete without a, a, a thought on offense. Because, I mean, one of the things that blocks the capacity of man to love is also the capacity of man to be offended. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. And that was why I started with our book of Luke chapter number 17 from verse number 1 that we read earlier on. Then he said, that was Jesus, alright? Then he said to the disciples, it is impossible that no offenses should come. This is the woe to him through whom they do come. That was Jesus. So he's telling us it is not possible for man to be together from different races, different cultures, different sexes, you know, be dwelling together or be meeting one another or be relating with one another without offenses coming. He says it is impossible for offenses not to come. He says the world to him through whom they do come. That simply tells you that every one of us has a responsibility. And the responsibility we have, the chief of them, is should be our capacity to guard in our heart against offenses. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. Before I dive, dive further in this one this morning, let's even take a look at what an offense is or what offenses are. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. And by the way, in respect to the spelling, maybe you spell out O-F-F-E-N-C-E or O-F-F-E-N-S-E, either of both spellings are right, all right? Okay, so you may see C-E in your own Bible, you may see S-E in your own Bible. So what then is offense? The Spirit of the Lord ministered a definition in my spirit and I just want to share that with us this, this morning. The Lord said to me, offense, and you may want to take note at this point. Offense is an emotional reaction. Offense is an emotional reaction triggered by a displeasing action or inaction offense is an emotional reaction 
that was triggered by displacing action or inaction from one person or another. I did say inaction because you see, sometimes you don't need to do anything to anybody for them to be offended at you. Many times we miss it because we all often feel that, hey, you know, you need to be wrong. You need to do this. You need to do that. You know, for someone to take an offense at you. Sometimes it doesn't work that way. Sometimes you don't need to do anything. All right. So your, 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 the person's actions or inaction for you who is offended may actually trigger an offense. And I need you to also note that I said it's an emotional reaction. That's usually where it starts from. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. And again, we saw that Jesus said it is impossible for it to come. So we see offenses ranging from one level to another. Offenses between spouses. Parents and children. Offenses among colleagues. You take offense against your colleagues. We see offenses from friends. From family members. And should I shock you? Even much more offenses in church. Yes. In the Lord's house. As a pastor, I can tell you better. How people pick offense against the little things. You will be shocked. And you'll be wondering, but this person, when the word is being shared, they act as though the word is penetrating through their heart. You'll be wondering, oh, this person, whenever we are praying, their voice is usually the loudest. But yet, they have the capacity to take in offenses as much as possible. So we see offenses everywhere. And you see, I can do a test this morning, and I just want to ask, is there anyone here right now under the sound of my voice who's never been offended in their lifetime? Anybody? Oh, we all at one point or another have experienced offenses. We've been offended. All right, we've been, people have done certain things to us that were not pleasant. We took offense. As a matter of fact, the capacity to take offense is also proof that you're human. What you do when the thought of offense comes is actually what distinguishes you from someone who is led of the Lord and who is love-led and someone who does not understand what love is. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. So that you're offended or you get offended or you have the propensity to get offended when people do certain things, you know, against you, it does not necessarily mean that you are evil. That is to say, if you've learned how to control your mind and you've learned how to be sensitive to the leading of the Lord. So it's not about, you know, I'm offended, that is the matter. It is what you do with the offense. That's what counts the most. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. In that passage of the Bible that we read, that looked up the number 17, I want us to also know this morning that the Greek word offense in that passage Alright, it is impossible that no offenses should come. The Greek word for the word offense in there, it is the word scandalon. It is spelled S-K-A-N-D-A-L-O-N. Scandalon. You know what that means? It means to set a trap. It means a snare. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. The word offense then means trap, snare. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. It means an impediment placed in a way, causing you not to move forward. Can you imagine that? That's the Greek word interpretation of the word offense that Jesus used there. It's a trap. So when you take offense, when you allow it to grow, you nurture it, all right, and you allow the devil to fester on it for you, what you're doing actually is setting a trap, not against the other person, but actually against you. And I'm going to be showing you that very shortly. It's again, it's the Greek word, skandalon, S-K-A-N-D-A-L-O-N. It simply means trap. It simply means snare, an impediment placed in the way, causing one to stumble. Little wonder in Mark chapter number 11. If you start reading, and I think I'm going to get there in, uh, further on in my, in my teaching this morning. Mark chapter number 11, if you start reading from verse number 20 or 22 down to verse number 26. You will see verses 25 and 26 specifically. Jesus saying, you know, that when you come, when you're praying. When you start praying and you remember that there is an offense in your heart. There is an unforgiveness in your heart against your fellow brethren. He says, go forgive. 
Go forgive. Such that your own father in heaven will forgive you. Because except your sins are forgiven or the offense is forgiven, your prayers have no path unto God. What if I say to you this morning that one of the greatest blockages to the answer to your prayers is actually offense? Did you know, has that ever occurred to you? Has that ever occurred to you? This was Jesus' word. When you stand to pray and you remember Excuse me, and you remember that there is an offense taking place. You go make peace first before you come around. Last week Sunday, I'd recommended a book titled Love the Way to Victory. How many of you remember? I really hope that there is a desire in your heart if you haven't taken action to truly read that book. And like I did point out last week Sunday, that book was what God used to letting me understand the weight of offenses. The weight of being offended. What it does to our mental and physical state. And now it makes us unworthy of the Lord's presence. Again, that book was written by a man called Kenneth E. Hagen. It is titled, Love, the Way to Victory. I don't think there is anyone under the sound of my voice who desires to be ensnared. I really don't think so. I don't think there is anyone under the sound of my voice who desires to be trapped. You're not setting the trap for the other person. The trap is actually against you. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. I do not think there is anyone under the sound of my voice who do not desire to be free. Hallelujah. You see, and the weird thing about this tool that the devil uses to cause him, you know, uh, uh, um, impediment or bring an impediment in the way of man is that many times you, the offended, is usually the one who knows that you're offended. Many times the other person doesn't know Jack. Oh, maybe you took offense, for example, against someone who saw you wouldn't greet you. The person may not know they didn't greet you. They may not even know that that was, you know, that crossed you in any form. They may not even know that you were angry at, at such. They may not know that you were offended. But you see them coming in into church or you see them if they are your colleagues at work, you know, they will be moving and the devil, you know, will be telling you, look at his head, be dead. See what he did to me. Meanwhile, this other person didn't have jack in my idea. Maybe you're taking offense against someone or, for example, you know, for just looking good. You know, there are people like that and I'm going to get together. You just took offense against someone for just looking good. They were too good that you just couldn't wait, you know, to be offended at their look. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. They look at you, you see them. But in your heart, the devil will be telling you, don't mind him. Be good. Small nose, big arm. Look at the way he's looking. He does not even know how to smile. Okay, take for example that you are offended against somebody like me. Did you understand right now? You don't want to be trapped. You don't want to be ensnared. I will see you and I'll still shake. Hey, I celebrate you. God bless you. How you doing? And I'll still be smiling at you. But in your heart, you are mad against me. That you are mad against me, it's not my problem, it's your problem. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. So, this is what the devil does. He ensnares you. He entraps you. He puts blockages your way as a result of offense. And like I did start with earlier on, it's not just about you. It's not about the offense coming. Alright? That you're offended is not the problem. It is what you do with the thought. When the devil attempts to sow in the seed of offense in your heart, that is what happens. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. So you take a look at me and you're mad at me. And I'm just celebrating. You say, oh, you look fabulous. God bless you. Oh, how are you doing? Then in your heart, you're just, you know, raining abuses in my, I mean, to me, without, without my own knowledge. Whose headache do you think that is? Apparently not mine. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. May the Lord deliver us this morning in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. So let's take a look at very quickly how does offense come? 
because I perceive that this is going to be a two-part teaching, okay? This is the first part you're listening to this morning. And if Jesus tarries next week Sunday, I'm going to take us the second part. So on this first part, we'll take a look at what offense is, all right? Which I just dealt with. And we'll also take a look at how offenses come. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. And maybe in part two, we'll then take a look at how to guard your heart against offenses. So now, let's take a look at how do offense come? How do people get offended? What are the things that bring about offense? Jesus said himself, he said, it is impossible for it not to come. Meaning that there is nothing you can do that can stop offense from coming. If you know how offense comes, then perhaps it would help you to knowing how to deal with it or how to prevent it. So in no particular order this morning, you may want to write down, number one, pride. Say, he who is lowly needs fear no fall. Bible says God resists the proud and exalts the humble. The spirit of pride will bring about the spirit of offense in you. When you begin to feel and think or imagine that every other person is useless, you are the one who is useful. When you begin to, when you find yourself in the midst of people and you begin to think of yourself, you know, too highly than the rest of them. You must understand, uh, you know, to being able to also differentiate between humility and pride. Alright, you should be able to differentiate that. Now, being, 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 being humble does not mean that you speak low about yourself or you condescend yourself. That's not what it means. But it just simply means that you are also not unaware, you know, of the graces of God upon the lives of others. Some people are very terribly pompous. Everywhere you go to, you want people to be bowing down to you. You want people to be worshipping you. When you understand the line between pride and humility, it would help you better. And there is this definition I usually use. Humility is simply royalty without crown. Did you hear that this morning, church? Humility is royalty without crown. All right. You're so loaded, you're so powerful, you're so fair, bare. In the midst of all these things, you're still keeping things, you know, so low, you're still keeping things down. That's what we are talking about. We are not saying that you should go rubbish yourself. If you find a very prideful person, look at them very well. You study them very well. Their propensity to taking offense at everything is extremely very high as a result of the spirit of pride. Pride is not a fruit of the spirit, not one of the fruit of the spirit. Jesus taught against it. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. Bible tells us about the story between Jesus and Peter. When Jesus wanted to cleanse them, and Peter said unto Jesus, said, no, you cannot wash me. No, you are too big a man. You are my God. You are my Savior. You are my Lord. Rabbi, no, don't do this to me. Don't do, I, I'll be fine. Then Jesus said to Peter, Jesus said, except I wash you. Say, you have no part. You have no stake in me. At that point, sense came upon Peter. You and I know what his response was. Don't just bathe. Don't just cleanse, you know, my legs. Cleanse my whole body too. Jesus taught that who will be the first should be willing to also be the last. Jesus taught that the greatest of all will be the servant. Hallelujah. Leadership is servanthood. And we must understand this. So in whatever straight hour of life that you find yourself, learn to, exp I mean to, 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 to give room to some degree of decorum. All right? Especially allow the spirit of the Lord to temperate you. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Number two on how offense come. Number two, how offense come. Number two, validations from others. Or unrealistic expectations from others. This can bring an offense. Think for example, you walked into church this morning. You took, I mean, before you walked into church this morning, you took your time, took a look at the mirror, right? You know, your head well done, your makeup well done, your shoe, you know, sparkling. Everything is so nice. And you will come into a space as this and nobody, you know, looks at you to say, oh, wow, you look so take away. 
unfortunately for you if you're married even your spouse didn't even reckon that you made an extra effort you know to looking good or great this morning it's possible to take offense we take offenses when our when our, our expectations of people or our expectations from people are not met offenses would come take for example this ministry I call workers here volunteers. Many of you may not understand why. I call workers volunteers because where I'm from, you're a worker. You're not a volunteer. So you work like you're being paid. You work for God like your life actually depends on it. You put in your all, you do your best, knowing that your rewards are not on, on, you know, on notice or will not be rewarded. You know that the God you're serving is faithful to reward your labor of love. So we call ourselves workers. You would hear during church service on Sunday, oh, all workers should please stay behind for a meeting. So when Lofty Head started in the year 2018, we were going by the same nomenclature, workers, 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 workers. Then I realized that my, my expectations of who a worker in the Lord's vineyard is was not being met. And somewhat, this was leading me to frustration. And worse still, it was making me to begin to almost, you know, take offense. The thought of offenses, the seeds of offenses were gradually being sown into my heart. So, because I call them workers, I have certain expectations. And you see, as a leader, you would expect that those who are very dear to you, those who are very close to you, that they will take this matter of the kingdom to heart the way you have taken it. But one day, the Lord spoke to me. Say, I called you, I did not call them. That resets many things in me. And the Lord ministered to my spirit. If they don't want to be workers, then refer to them as volunteers. Volunteers work with pay or no pay. Volunteers work free will. So if they like, take for example this morning, if you like as a volunteer, you show up if you're serving in guest team, you show up if you like, you don't show up. If you're part of his expressions, you know, I mean, you, you show up if you want to show up. If you don't want to show up, you don't show up. That does not mean that we do not have some disciplinary measures in place. But I'm saying that if, for example, like walking to church today, and I expect to see, say, like seven, eight people on here ministering, leading us in worship, and I found only just two people, maybe the, you know, um, the music director, Mr. Damilari, and one other person, I have learned not to be mad anymore. I have learned not to be mad anymore. I just said to myself, well, I'm a worker in the Lord's vineyard. They, they are volunteers. They can choose to do whatever they want to do. That brings sanity to me. It lowers my expectations of people. That's the reason why for those who serve in this church, they will tell you, I don't run after anybody anymore. If I give you a task, if I give you a project or an assignment to do, once I try first time, second time, third time, and I see that your heart is not there, I begin to change my, 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 my position about you. I begin to say to myself, it's like it's a burden for you to serve God or to work for God. So our expectations of others also has the capacity to cause the seed of offense to be sown in our hearts if we're not careful. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. Same thing with the validations from others. Maybe you came up for, I mean, on the altar, for example, and you blessed us with the word. And you expect, you know, Peter to hail you, to sing your praises to high heaven. Maybe I just saw you and I just said, hey, well done. Great job you did. And you feel that I did not say it enough. It's possible for you to be offended. It is possible that that would lead to an offense. Number three. Number three this evening, this morning. Number three. How offense come? Offense can come through your kindness and generosity. Think about that for a second. Kindness and generosity, they are not negative. But you know the truth, it's the reason why many people are also offended. Your good nature, your kind nature, the good things that you've done to people, it's the same thing the devil has used as a trap. Amen. It's the same thing the devil has used as a scandal. 
It's the same thing the devil has used to ensnare you, to entrap you. Your kind nature, your good nature. Why? Because you showed generosity to someone, you showed kindness to, to them, and all of a sudden they did not thank you. Or when they say thank you, they did not lay flat on the floor. Mm -hmm. Should we go there? Mm -hmm. If you are from where I'm, I, I'm from, for example, you know, he just saw me, and despite all that I did, he wanted to say thank you, and he just shook my hand. I'm not his mate. Couldn't he have prostrated? You know, when they came to my household to say thank you for what we did, you know, his wife was just seated looking at me. The wife couldn't go on, on her knees. And I was the one who filed for their papers. I'm saying this morning, church, if you're not careful, our good nature, our kind nature, our generosity will be the same reason why the, de why the devil will plant the seed of offense in our heart. And it's the same reason why many people will not make it to heaven. Sometimes not because they didn't thank you, but because you have an idea of how that thank you should come and it didn't come in that manner. I do not think that there is any strata of life or people who have, who the devil actually can, you know, infiltrate if he had the power, you know, to take in offenses against others as much as pastors. If I vacate this altar, for example, today, and I say, someone else, you know, should come share the word. You, you all know how, how much I love you all, you know. For any pastor, for that matter, to vacate the altar and have someone else come share the word. Tell us of the confidence they've reposed in that person. Do you appreciate such? And for the pastors, when they do not salute you or they do not do some of the things they're supposed to do, how do you react? How do you take it? Did you know, church, that your joy, your happiness on earth, you must never make it people dependent? If you depend on people for validation, if you depend on people for joy, if you depend on people for happiness on earth, you may be frustrated for the rest of your life. You know why I'm saying these things? Because some people actually know the gratitude that is due towards you, but they will deliberately and intentionally withhold it from you because they know that it's going to make you feel good. And they have, there's something about them that just doesn't want you to feel good. Are you getting blessed this morning? So our generosity and our kind nature will be the same reason why the devil causes the seed of offense to be sown in some people's hearts. We need to be careful. How offenses come. Number, th number four now. Number four. Short-sightedness and small-mindedness. Some people are just very myopic. Nothing means anything to them. Nothing is worthwhile to them. Nothing makes sense to them. They, are, they lack the capacity to see in the bigger picture of things. Every little thing is, what have you done? You know, I'd, I'd made a teaching sometimes last year or year before. And in that teaching, I was talking about the weight of gratitude. One of the very major things that I said in that teaching was, never outgrow the kindness of a gratitude that was done for you. You know how someone shows up for you. They stood by you through thick and thin. They were there, you, they were like your Lord. You could barely do anything about, you know, without them. They were praying for you. They had your back. You didn't have food on your table. They told you, don't worry, I'm with you. They, they were there for you when you had nothing. They went all their way. They went all out for you. But all of a sudden, maybe you attended 21 days of unprecedented favor. And the Lord then opened the windows of heaven for you. Then the Lord chose to prosper your path then something that same person now begins to do, you know, begins to irritate you. The seed of offense then begins to be sold into your heart. You know what the devil then does? He then causes you to begin to, to, to minimize, you know, the weight of what they've done for you in the past. And you find so many people then say, eh, she helped me. Mm. What if she did not help me? Hey God, my God would have raised somebody else to help me. Then you should have denied that help when it was being offered to you. You should have said, I don't need your help. And let's see if you will die in that poverty or penury or not. 
never outgrow the, the, the gratitude of a kindness that was done to you. It doesn't matter how much God leads you. It's a small mind that does that. It's a very small mind that does that. And listen to this very carefully. You see, uh, for some of the people that have helped you in your journey in life, they will do certain things to you as you continue to journey in life that the devil will want to use to minimize the good things they've done against you. See that as a ploy of the devil to keeping you trapped. I don't know if that makes sense to you. I don't know if that makes sense to you. Someone who's been very kind, generous to you, it is possible they will do something or say something to you. They didn't mean it any form. They didn't mean it anyhow. It is possible the devil uses it to sow a seed of offense in your heart. My mother would say to me, growing up, says when someone offends me, she says she will first sit down and ask herself, this person, have they ever been generous towards me? This person, have they ever been good or kind towards me? Then she'd say, if I can find just one thing this person has ever done for good in my life, I will choose to let go of whatever wrong they've done. Listen, and accept you are wicked. There is no way you will think deeply that you will not find at least one thing, one good thing that that person has done for you. Don't let be, you know, small-minded. Don't let be myopic. Let's appreciate gratitude. Never outgrow the gratitude of a kindness done to you. Never. Our offense comes. Number five. Demonic influence. I'm sure that's going to shock, shock some of you, right? Demonic influence. Like I stated earlier on, sometimes some of you will feel you need to have done something wrong to them for them to be mad at you. Listen, for the one who is under demonic oppression, you don't have to do anything. As a matter of fact, the fact that you are good, the fact that you are kind, the fact that you are, you are, you are, you are thriving is enough reason for them to be mad. They just see you and your family come into church on a Sunday morning smiling and in their heart they are mad. Okay, not lofty height, okay? Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. There is no one like that in Lofty Heights Christian Center. Hallelujah. Would you celebrate Jesus now? Amen. They just see you come with your children or maybe you just change the car. You know, and maybe they looked at the back when you were driving out. Then they now saw that sticker, Raising Kingdom Influences. So, oh, he even says he's Raising Kingdom Influencer. Oh my, that car was skid off the road. It's a lie. The car will not skid off. The blessings of the Lord, all right? The provisions of the Lord brings blessings. The blessings of the Lord brings more blessings. Hallelujah. It doesn't add more. It doesn't add sorrow. Demonic influence. Listen, if you have the propensity to just take offense at people, at will, something is wrong. The devil has infiltrated in one way or another. And there are people like that. Everywhere they go, everywhere they find themselves, they find the problem in every good. They will come to a place like this, they will find something that is wrong. They meet people, they will find something that is wrong about that person. Something is wrong. And listen, there are people like that. This morning, in the mighty name of Jesus, your deliverance has come. I say your deliverance has come. Okay, now some of you may not, you don't want to say amen because you don't want me to feel that uh, you were the one under demonic influence. Listen, even if you're under demonic influence, at the sound of my voice, that demon takes to it to you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Demonic influence. Every little thing gets you offended. Ah, sisters, calm down. Something is wrong. You are married, you are under the sound of my voice. Everything your spouse does irritates you. Calm down. You've allowed the devil, you know, to, 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 to penetrate in somewhat. Every little thing gets you mad. Something is wrong. Because it shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be. As you're picking offense on this, you're not even done ruminating on that. You're already picking offense on another. In case you do not understand, this is how the devil operates. Pay attention to this. This is going to help you. 
Or before I share that, can um, Timmy please come? Please come with my stuff. Amen. Please come with them. Please pay attention to this analogy I'm about to make. For those of you who are always easily, you know, offended, this is going to liberate you. It doesn't matter how much you try for many people. They have a problem for every solution. Something is wrong. Today you are offended. Tomorrow you are offended. Today it is this person. Tomorrow it is that person. Something is wrong somewhere. Take a look at this for example. Let me put this here. Camera please focus on me. Timmy please come. Amen. Glory to Jesus. Please come. Now take a look at these two cones here. This first two. Okay. This one. And this one. Alright. These are your path. These are the only how far you can go. Alright. This is the path. The pathway to life that you have. Don't forget I told you that the Greek word of the word offense means scandalon and simply means trap. You know, it's snare. Then you have this. I'm going to name this one after another. This is the path to go. Let me even take this one off. And let's name this one after another. This is Timmy here. Okay? He's my son, okay? He's a very generous soul. He does not have the capacity to easily take offense. Okay? I, no, I'm, I'm serious. I say that because he works with me, all right? Now, he's moving on in life. This is the path in life. Let's even make this somewhat like this. Amen. Now go back to your spot. Just stand here. Then this can be here. Now pay attention to this. You know how many people take offense? This chair, assume that this chair represents your sibling or your friend who did not wish you happy birthday. Or better still, did not post you on Instagram or on a WhatsApp status or story. Give this friend a name. Eunice. Okay. This is your path in life. You see this barricade? This long barricade here. Uh -huh. Mr. Mrs. Married. This is for the both of you. This is for those things your spouse has done against you. Many times that they are not even fully conscious of that has caused you to take offense. They've apologized but you've chosen not to let go. Then you have this. If, should I raise it up for you to see how big it is? Take a look at it. Can you see? This massive mountain is for that friend who snitched on you. Oh, that one who was unloyal to you. That one that said A to you and you later on discovered it was B. This was that friend. Then this was you. And of course, yes, these cones represent your path in life. I want you to walk. Your path in life, of course, yes, is straight. Alright? I need you to walk and act as though you want to pass these two cones and move towards that side. And let's see how far you can go. Now, he had to shift on this. So let's assume that this somewhat is a minor offense. So he's still somewhat able to move on after this. But let him keep going. Keep going. Can you see? Can you see? He's been trapped. He's been ensnared. There is no possibility for him from here to move forward. Even if he attempts to go this way, this major block is going to fall on him. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Now, if he chooses to come this side, he still cannot go this side. He cannot go this side, neither can he come this way. This is what offense does. But there is only one thing that he can do. He can no longer move forward, but he can go backward. If you damage the speaker, you, pay, you just finish paying for it, you will pay for it. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. He couldn't move forward, but he could move backward. That is what the devil desires of you. To ensnare you, to entrap you, to cause you to easily be offended. And sometimes you are mad 
And they're asking you, what is wrong? What did the person do? After being mad for so long, you get so madder, 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 madder. You cannot even remember. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. Yes, wives. Hallelujah. Talk to me now. They are very, you know, Proverbs said to one woman in this church, glory to Jesus. They are not like members of lofty height. All right, they are not in lofty height. But you know those wives. You don't know some wives I'm talking about. This morning you are mad at your husband. Next tomorrow you are mad. In the evening you are mad. Then tomorrow you, you're not happy. Then he even comes here and says, baby, what's going on? What happens? As you are watching the TV, you can hear him apologizing. But your head then begins to rotate and fight. What exactly did he do? What exactly did he do? You can no longer lay hands on it. Offense is an ensnarement. Scandal. A trap. This is the reason why many people on earth can no longer move forward. Not because you're not trying. But you cannot even go forward. I told those of, those of them who signed up for 21 days of unprecedented favor. I told them, I said, this teaching of, on offense is something they really need to watch out for. They need to go listen to because of this is the only thing that can stop your prayers from being answered listen it doesn't matter how much you try if you try to wiggle your way through you know and go through without dealing with some of all those obstructions you will fall this one was not exactly on the way not on the exact path but he stumbled on it hallelujah glory to Jesus so this is how the devil operates you know what it does? It sows the seed of offense in your heart. Do you know people get offended at their pastor? <sighs> it beats me. People leave church because pastor is mad. They're mad at the pastor. <clears throat> Anyways, it's a crime to look good. Yeah, I know. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. How can you be so cute, so good looking as to be a pastor? Come on now. Come on now, celebrate. Come on, don't be celebrate Jesus. Celebrate. Come on now, celebrate Jesus. Or oh, you see him just, mm, I'm just, I'm just, you are just what? It is the devil in you. And I cast that spirit out in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. People get offended at their pastors. So what the devil does, he sows the seed of offense. Offense, the moment it comes, once you don't cut it off, you don't say, no, enough is enough. I'm not going to nurse you for that. You know what it does? It graduates to anger. Offense moves on to anger. Then you realize that you just get angry. At that point, you'll find everything wrong with everything around you. And I say to people all the time, take for example, this is my son, you know, um, 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 Timmy, who just came up, up on the altar. If I want to begin to see things that are wrong in Timmy today, it is very easy to do. I just need to set my mind on saying that he's a useless guy. And at that point, your brain, your sympathetic nervous system is triggered. Sympathetic nervous system, it's the, it's the emotions, it's the, I don't know if the word neuron would be the right thing, but in psychology I was taught, it's that thing that triggers negative reactions in you. And at that point, it's from one negative reaction onto another. You say his nose is big. Very soon the devil will let you know his eyes are also very wide. Very soon the devil would also let you know, oh, his legs are very ugly. You did not see the leg before. But every little thing, you know what the devil does? The devil magnifies them. This is how the devil operates. So he sows the seed of offense in your heart. If you don't stem it and say, no, I'm not going to nurture this. It moves to anger. Anger, when not tamed, you know what happened? It moves to bitterness. You just be bitter. Have you met bitter so before? Some people are terribly bitter. I tell you that for a fact. It moves to bitterness. From bitterness, it moves to hatred. Hatred is the exact opposite of love. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. Do you understand that? From offense to anger to bitterness to hatred. I'm praying that in the mighty name of Jesus, deliverance comes unto someone in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I can use myself as an example on multiple fronts. On times when the seed of offense, the devil was sowing it in my heart. Just of recent, you know, before I traveled to Nigeria, some, you know, 
people have come to me to share certain things with me. I went to Nigeria and I kept still thinking through that. As a matter of fact, because number one, what I had very high expectations of these people. So what they were telling me didn't make spiritual sense. These were believers, deep-rooted believers. It didn't make spiritual sense. I knew it was never going to be of God. It didn't make cultural sense. It didn't make moral sense. So I knew the devil was at play. And you know what the devil began to do? The devil began to flood my heart. Or sometimes, you know, that maybe they've not done. You can actually leave it. You can leave it. You know, or sometimes that they've done certain things that I chose to overlook. They will say, it was because you overlooked that. Didn't you see the sign before? These are the kind of people they are. Now, it is their true color they are showing you. But I said to myself, I said, no. Devil, I rebuke you. Over these people, I will not allow you to feed me further. All through when I was home, it was there. I had to speak even with one of my mentors about it. And it, 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 he also bore witness with me to say something is not right somewhere. You know what I did? When I got back, after upsurge, I then said, I need to see you guys. So let us see. So we saw, we sat down, we got talking. And I then said, this and this and this and this and that. Could you please explain further? Church, did you know the truth? The devil cost them to miscommunicate their intentions. Their intentions were right. The communication was wrong. If I had not learned by the spirit of the Lord, I have not made up my mind never to be mad or offended at people, the devil would have had a field day in my life. He would have just made me to be mad at innocent souls. So whatever thing they've done, the devil would have caused me to rubbish them. But I chose not to be mad. I chose not to take offense. So I then told them, I said, but when you were explaining these things, why didn't you explain it this way? I said, no, Pastor, but this was all we're trying to tell. I said, that wasn't what you told me. These were the things that you said to me. Pastor, we are very sorry we didn't mean it that way. You must learn to guard your heart. Jesus again says in Luke chapter number 17, it is impossible for offense not to come. So it will surely come. But woe to him through whom he comes. Woe to that person through whom he comes. Our time is fast spent. I thought I was going to be able to touch on how to know if you're offended. But I'm going to teach on that next Sunday. So if Jesus tarries next week Sunday, I'll share with you how to know if you're offended. What to do if you're offended. And how to take control of your mind. How to live an offense-free life. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Rise up on your feet this morning. Rise up on your feet this morning. There is something we're going to do in this meeting this morning right now. And that's what we need to do this morning. I need you to leave your spot. Alright? Camera, just focus on me. Alright? I need you to leave your spot. And I need you to go hug someone. It is possible that in this church someone has offended you. It is possible, it's very possible. Hug someone that you perhaps haven't said a word to before. Move around, get up from your seat, please. Please get up, give someone a hug. Give so, it's very therapeutic. Listen, the person that you are hugging may have even taken an offense against someone and you may not have an idea of that. So what you're doing right now is actually bringing healing to the other person. If you're watching online, I need you to please hug someone very close to you. Someone around you, give them a hug this morning. Give them a hug this morning morning. Give them a hug this morning. Yes, I love that. Move around. Move around. Move around. Move around. Move around. Hug someone. Move from one person to another. Yes, I need you sister. I need you brother to go ahead and give a hug to that person who did not welcome you to church when you first stepped into Lofty Heights. I need you to go ahead and give that person a hug that you said hello to who never answered you. Go ahead and do that right now. Go ahead and do that right now. Give someone a hug. Move around. Give someone a hug. Give someone a hug. Give someone a hug this morning. Give someone a hug this morning. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Father, we thank you. Give someone a hug. Give someone a hug. And I need you to pray right there where you are. And say after me, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, purge me of every seed of offense the devil may have planted in my heart. In the name of Jesus. Go ahead and pray that prayer right now. Father, purge me Father, purge me of every seed of offense. 
offense against my spouse, against my colleague, against my partner, against my, my pastor, against my fellow church members, against my leader in church. Every seed of offense in me, Jesus purged me of them. Purge me, purge me of them. I refuse to be offended. See, after me, I refuse to be offended. I refuse to take offense. I refuse to take offense. It is impossible for offense not to come, but woe to him through whom they do come. Jesus, I refuse to take offense. I refuse to be offended. Declare after me this morning, I am free. I am at liberty in the name of Jesus. Offenses, anger, hatred, bitterness, they have no hold in my life. I let go of this offense. If you can remember the name of someone who's done something offensive to you, mention their names this morning. Say, I let go of this offense. I let go. Mention that person's name. Mention that person's name this morning. Say, I let go of this offense. I let go of this offense in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. I love to hear We don't like bringing our services to a close without giving someone an opportunity to have a relationship with the Lord. So you're under the sound of my voice, you're not saved. You've not confessed and accepted the lordship of Jesus. It simply then means that you, the devil has the right to manipulate your mind and to be easily taken offend, to, to be easily offended. All eyes closed, all eyes bowed. Please say this after me. Dear Father, I thank you for this moment. Thank you for your word that has come to me. I repent of my sins. I confess you as my Lord and my Savior. Jesus, fill my heart with your love. Fill me with your spirit. Keep me in your warm embers from this moment, even to the end of time. In Jesus' name. If you receive that word this morning, would you celebrate Jesus? We trust God that this ministration blessed your life tremendously. Do share your testimony and experience with us by emailing us at hello at myloftyheightsglobal.org. For more life-transforming messages from our ministry, please visit and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can also stay connected with us across our social media platforms at My Lofty Heights. To give to our ministry, please visit our website. We love you, we honor you, and we celebrate you.